Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. I'm really excited to share with you all today. I'm not going to lie. It's been a little bit of a week. And there was a lot of things kind of coming at me this week. And I wasn't actually sure if I was going to be able to stand up in front of you today. We thought we might have to play the video that I recorded earlier this week. Maybe you can hear it in my voice. I've been battling um, a a little bit of voice loss. Don't worry. I took a test. Everything is fine. And uh, then this morning, I just, I really felt something spiritually, but the team prayed for me, and I believe that what I have to share today is from the Father, and that the enemy does want to stop the message that Jesus has given me. But you know what? He's not going to stop it, and we're going to prevail. And so I might sound bad. Don't worry, I'm feeling fine. I might need to use my tissues. It's all good, because Jesus is who he says he is. And I want to share a message today on prayer. And so I'm going to start today by telling you a story. 14 years ago, I had the most powerful prayer experience of my life. Let me explain, though, what had happened right before this. So for seven months, Mike and I had been trying to have a baby. And during this time, my periods went away. Now, you might think to yourself, okay, does that mean that you were pregnant? Were you taking pregnancy tests? And I was, and I was not pregnant. And I was growing increasingly frustrated and concerned. And I was like, what is going on? And so we decided to make a doctor's appointment for me. But we believe in the power of prayer. We believe that Jesus heals. And so we decided to take some time to pray specifically over my body. And so we scheduled a time with Dave Newcomb, who was a pastor here and a dear friend. He's since gone on to be with Jesus. And he came over to my parents' backyard by the pool. It was May 20th, 2007. And during this prayer time, they laid hands on me, and I have never felt the power of God so real in my life. And I I knew that something happened during this prayer time. So a few days later, I go to my scheduled doctor appointment, and she runs a few tests, and she tells me, hey, listen, in a couple of days, I'll call you with the results. But I mean, really, I was kind of like, yeah, don't even worry about it. It's going to be totally fine. I know I'm healed. So... A few days pass, and my doctor does call me, but it's not the news that I wanted. She tells me that I have a condition called PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. And this condition, it's fairly common. It has multiple side effects, including irregular periods and difficulty getting pregnant and trouble staying pregnant. And I remember hanging up the phone from that that call and being so furious. I I was angry. I'm like, what? How? We we just had this amazing prayer session. I I don't understand. I wanted Jesus to have healed me instantly in that moment. And I remember just grabbing my journal, and I'm going to share some of my journal today. And I went to my journal, and I just poured my heart out to God. I was begging him. I'm like, God, I'll do whatever you want. Just heal me and give me a body and baby and, 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 you know, just heal me. Just heal me, God. And I was begging and begging and begging. Well, 
that summer, the weeks kind of passed slowly, as they do when you're kind of going through a difficult season. And, and I tried. I tried to stay positive. But man, I was struggling. The doctor had given me this plan. I was supposed to go on medication. And then we were just supposed to kind of wait and see. And I thought to myself, God, I, I'd had this incredible prayer time, and yet I'm not healed. All around me, people seemed to be getting pregnant easily, accidentally, without even trying. Our small group, they had a baby boom. My sister-in-laws, they got pregnant easily and without trouble. You know, I prayed, but my, pray, my prayers, they felt weak. They lacked faith. And after a few months, I remember just being exhausted. I was discouraged. I was, I was disheartened, and I was desperate. Did Jesus not understand what I wanted? Because I really felt like I was being pretty clear in all my prayers to him. I felt like I'd asked him every single way that I knew how. I asked him nicely. I got angry. I asked him in the morning. I asked him in the evening. I asked and I asked and I asked, begging and pleading that he would break through. I wrote out prayers. I sang out prayers. I prayed multiple times. But when one of my sister-in-laws, who happens to be one of my best friends, called to tell me that she was pregnant with her second child, I broke down to my mom. Now, my mom, if you know my mom, she, uh, is, you know, she wrote the book that we're, that we're in, and her, part of her story is about infertility. So she had been praying with me along the way. Um, and, but in this particular session of lament, I, I bemoaned to my mom. I just said, I just don't know how much longer I can go on. Now, in retrospect, this wasn't actually that long of a, a period of time. In fact, it was only about a year at this point. But my mind felt like this was a really long period of time. And I will never forget, it was a beautiful fall day when I was complaining to my mom. And my mom said something to me that would change not only my prayer life, but my journey with Jesus forever. She said to me, Jules, you got to stop begging God and you have to start believing in him. And I said, oh, oh, okay. And I did not realize how this little phrase, stop begging and start believing in him, was going to change my faith journey, and specifically my prayer life with Jesus. Because you see, prayer, it's this powerful tool that God has given us to communicate with him. And yet, when it comes to prayer, many of us, we find ourselves in a place of begging and pleading for what we want and need instead of belief and trust in God. Do you find yourself begging God? Do you find yourself frustrated in spite of God's amazing promises in Scripture about who he is? Are you ever tempted to just stop praying? Or maybe today you, you're ready to admit, actually, I, I don't pray. Well, I believe that if you're frustrated in your prayer life today, if you're discouraged that Jesus has a word for us today about praying with him in union with him. And so I'm going to continue our series and I'm going to be in chapter nine of mom's book, Wrecked for God, which she has titled Powerful, Not Pagan. And we're going to unpack what it looks like to pray in union with Jesus, where we stop begging and start believing in him. And so I'm going to pray and invite the Holy Spirit to be our teacher today. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you here today. We give you this time, and I just thank you that you want to give us insight, Jesus, into how we can pray in union with you to stop the begging and start believing. We welcome you here in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so 
let's first just talk about this problem. Why do our prayers seem so weak in spite of God's amazing promises? You know, over and over again in Scripture, it tells us about the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, the steadfastness of God. And yet, when we are in a pickle, when we are in trouble, when we need something, we often result to what mom calls pagan prayer. Well, let's just talk about what does that mean, pagan prayer? Well, pagan, you know, uh, pagan religion means this, or a, a core foundation is this, appease the gods, get what you want. Okay, so pagan prayer is repetitive, it's formulaic, it's transactional. It's, okay, if I do it just like this, then God will give me what I want. But that is not the type of prayer that Jesus actually wants us to pray. And we call it pagan prayer because actually that's what Jesus calls it in Matthew 6, which we're going to look at in a minute. He says, listen, this is how people who don't know me pray. They think you need a formula. They think you have to do it a certain way, but I've given you something way better than that. And one of the main issues with pagan prayer is it actually puts so much pressure on us as the prayer, 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 right? If I don't do it right, it's not going to happen. And this can lead to frustration because newsflash, we don't have any power. He has the power. And so we don't want to slip into this whole thing of pagan prayer. Okay, let's go right now to Matthew 6, 7, and let's see what Jesus has to say about this type of pagan prayer. And I'm reading right now from the message translation. This is what Jesus said. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They are full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you're dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. If we're honest, this is actually a rebuke from Jesus. Jesus is saying that not all prayer is productive. Prayer can actually be pagan. We're, we're full of formulas and peddling techniques to get God to do what we want. But what Jesus is saying here is if you actually knew your father, if you knew his goodness, if you knew his mercy, if you knew his love, then you would not come to him and say, okay, what's the formula? No, instead, you'd lean into friendship. You'd lean into relationships. So instead of formula, we can actually live in faith of Jesus. We have something way better than a formula. We have friendship. You know, I actually believe that Jesus, honestly, he's kind of grieved by our moaning and our groaning. You know, back in the fall of 2007, when it was just like, oh, Lord, I actually think that grieves Jesus because it actually shows us that we don't actually understand who our Father is. I believe that Jesus is saddened that we've misunderstood prayer. He, he's grieved that we've stopped praying because this is an incredibly powerful tool. I, I would bet that that's why I've been attacked the whole week because actually the enemy wants to keep us from being able to talk to a loving father day in and day out. Well, he's been exposed, so I'm gonna just keep on going. Do you wanna break free from pagan prayer? Do you actually want like a fruitful prayer life? Well, I do. And so let's just talk a little bit about what prayer actually is. You know, prayer very simply is talking to our loving Father. It's asking for what we need. It's asking for wisdom and help and peace and provision. 
It's a place where he can correct us, where he can guide us, where he can show us. And we've been exploring this whole idea of our union with Jesus, that Jesus lives in us, and how this totally transforms us, and it's actually the secret to transformation. And I want us to think about the analogy of marriage. You know, when, when counselors or pastors or therapists are asked, you know, what is one of the foundational things to a healthy marriage? Over and over, you hear communication. And in the same way, our union with Jesus, our marriage with Jesus, must foundationally be built upon communication. Now, does God know all that you think? Yes. But he actually delights in you telling him your thoughts and your feelings. And I believe that prayer, we should be talking about the things we're excited about and the things we're dreading. We should be talking about the things that we're sad about and the things that we're happy about. It should be the wide range of all of the things that we are experiencing. When we pray, we are in conversation with the one who loves us, who lives in us, and never leaves us. And he delights in our willing communication with him. You know, I said this earlier, but prayer is a time to thank God. Prayer is a time to um, ask God to transform us. Prayer is a conversation between a loving father and a child who has a need. But I'm going to zero in on this whole idea of prayer is asking. Okay, has anyone ever experienced this? Your children have no trouble asking you for anything. Any other? Okay, for Mother's Day, did you guys see that there's that new t-shirt going around that says, go ask your dad? I need this t-shirt in my life. I often say to my children, your dad is right there. I'm, I need a snack. I need a drink. Would someone come upstairs with me? My children have no trouble asking, and I actually think we can learn from our kids because somewhere along the way when we become adults, we stop asking. We think, well, no, 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 I don't know. He, he already knows. Oh, no, no. This is super important. There is an invitation today into prayer that involves our participation through asking. In fact, when you look in the Bible and you look at the word prayer, if you, you do a, a study on it, it's most often connected to the word ask. And so I'm going to take us now to Matthew 7, 7, and we're going to see what Jesus says about asking. This is what Jesus says to us. This is Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and the gift is yours. Seek, and you'll discover. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For every persistent one will get what he asks for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he longs for. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. Do you know of any parent who would give his hungry child who asked for food a plate of rocks instead? Or when asked for a piece of fish, what parent would offer his child a snake instead? If you, imperfect as you are, know how to lovingly take care of your children and give them what's best, how much more ready is your heavenly Father to give wonderful gifts to those who ask him? Okay, this passage, it has a lot to unpack, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick three things out that I noticed. Okay, the first is this whole issue, uh, invitation of asking. Okay, it says, knock and the door will be opened. Seek and you're going to find. I believe that today when it comes to prayer, we have an invitation to participation. Jesus is saying to each of us, if, if, you, if you want a robust prayer life, you have to learn to ask me for what you need. Ask me for what you want. And so we want to participate in prayer through this asking. 
Okay, the second thing I want to point out is that word persistent. Did anyone notice it was actually in one sentence? Three times we heard the word persistent in one sentence. All right, to me, it's just, that's like fascinating. Like, listen up. You know, younger people, I just want to speak to us. I'm going to pretend I'm a little bit younger than I am. But just bear with me. I think we actually have a lesson here to learn from people who have walked the journey of faith longer than us. We live in a microwave society. We, we, we think we're persistent, but I want to encourage you, ask someone who's walked with Jesus a long time. Ask them what persistence looks in their life. Ask them what it looks like to not receive an answer and yet keep going back to the Father. I believe today there is actually a gift of persistence that Jesus wants to give some of us. And some of you who have walked with Jesus longer, you can give that away to younger generations. But some of us who are younger, we actually need to realize it's not going to happen automatically. That doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. That doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. But the Bible tells us that persistence is a key to healthy prayer life. Okay, the third thing I'm noticing in here is this beautiful picture of the goodness of our Father. You know, we have a lot of bad ideas about who God is. Some of that comes because our earthly parents weren't good. And so it's very hard for us to imagine a loving Father in heaven. But when we, when we read through this passage and it says, you know, if we ask for a bread, he won't give us rocks. If we ask for a fish, he's not going to give us snakes. I think for some of us, we are very confused about the Father. In fact, I believe that almost all of our begging is rooted in our beliefs. See, if we believe that the Father is, I don't know, I'm not sure. I mean, he might, he might, give, me a, he might give me a snake. I mean, how many of you have been taught that God has given you problems or pain to grow you? Amen. A lot of us. A lot of us have been taught, well, God gave me this problem. He gave me this pain, and it's to grow me up. And so then when we go to ask the Father in prayer, man, are we messed up because we don't know what he's going to give us. We don't know. And this is incredibly scary. Partner that with prayer. Okay, so you pray for a healthy pregnancy, and you have a miscarriage. You pray that the young father is, is saved, and he ends up dying. You, you pray that your loved one doesn't get Alzheimer's, and the diagnosis still comes. You know, let, let's just call it the elephant in the room. Not every prayer gets answered. And so what happens is then we shut down. We stop conversation. And I, what I want to encourage you today is when a prayer doesn't get answered, and that's a whole can of worms I'm not going to get into, I, I, I just what I want to encourage you about. Don't stop the conversation. Don't stop the conversation. Keep asking questions. Say, God, I don't understand. Because here's what happens. When something bad happens in our life, this is human nature. We're like, who, who can I blame? Who can I blame? Who's, who's, who's in charge of this? And so the first person we blame is God. And then we say, okay, then maybe you kind of work through that and you're like, okay, it's not, it's not his fault. And then who's the second person you blame? Yourself. You're like, well, what must have been me. I didn't have faith. I didn't pray the right way. That's pagan prayer. That's pagan prayer. Okay? So then the, the, the do you know who? Like pain and sickness and death and destruction, the blame belongs to one person and his name is the enemy. Your father is a good father. He loves you. He longs to commune with you in prayer. This passage, passage shows us that we can ask, we can persist, and we can know that our fa father is a good and loving father. Okay, I will stop so I go back to my notes. Okay, I do want to talk about this persistence thing because persistence, 1111, oh, my favorite number. Thank you, Jesus. Persistence 
often can lead us into pagan prayer because it leads us to, like, we're desperate, right? And so we, we we're like, okay, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Well, when we pray persistently, we actually have a helper. And I want to read one of my favorite verses literally in the whole Bible, okay? This is, Matt, this is not Matthew, Romans 8, 26. Listen to the Holy Spirit's help in this whole area of persistence. And in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us and our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask for, but the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully our longings, yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, his holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. And so this scripture, I want to encourage you, go back and reread this scripture this week. Because when it comes to persistence, you actually have an ally. You have a teammate. You have someone who lives inside you, who helps you pray persistently. And actually, did you love that super intercede? So it's like super prayer, right? This is actually the the official Greek rendering of that word. It means that the Holy Spirit, he's interceding for us passionately and persistently. We, you know what? None of us are ever going to know all that, Jesus, all that the Holy Spirit has prayed away from us, all that the Holy Spirit has prayed us into. All we can do is we can say, yes, Holy Spirit, fill me afresh. Show me how to pray in union with Jesus. And so today, if you're struggling with begging God, I think one of the best things we can do is just get a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. And then when you go to pray, you can pray with the Holy Spirit's assurance that he's helping you. Okay, so I want to take a little bit of time. Um, Oh, actually, I'm going to read this because this is so good. This is from mom's book, and then, then I'll go to the next thing. This is on page 207. This is what she says about persistence in prayer. She says, there is a dance in prayer, a war dance of sorts. This dance is not begging, but believing. This dance is not wrestling, but resting. From God's side, this is a partnership of persistence. Persistence is not the art of convincing God. Persistence is needed because we are up against the resistance of the enemy, not the resistance of God. Together in union with Jesus, we turn and mount a resistance to the enemy with persistence. Then on the next page, she says, Jesus teaches us that we must persist. Persist in believing that our God is good. He loves us. He hears us. He knows what is best. He is doing all he can in this mysterious cosmic climate of kingdom collision. The enemy notes our persistence and reluctantly releases his hold. Do I understand all of this? No, but I believe it. I love that humility. May we be men and women of humility as we walk out this. We don't have to understand it all, but we can believe it. Okay, so how can this actually like play into our everyday prayer lives, right? Like how do we actually pray in union with Jesus? Because I don't know about you, but does anyone else like go to pray and you've got all the best intentions and you close your eyes and you're like, you pray and then like one minute passes and you like squirrel. And then you're like, no, 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 I'm going to set a, I'm going to set a timer. That is what I'm going to do. That is what good Christians do. I'm going to set a timer. And it is the slowest 10 minutes of your life. <laughs> Prayer is hard. Prayer is hard. 
Think back to, if, if you are in a relationship, think back to the beginning of your relationship where you guys could talk for like 10 hours at a time. And people were like, what did you talk? You're like, I don't know. They're just the most amazing person ever. We have so much to talk about. Well, in the same way, like this is kind of how our relationship is with Jesus. Like sometimes we just don't know what to talk about, right? We're kind of like, I don't know. I know prayer's good. I know I should do it. I just don't really know what to pray. Well, this is actually where we can pray God's word back to him. And I want to I read to you an amazing promise from, this is from John 15. This is a promise about asking when we pray with his word. John 15, 7, but if you live in life union with me, and if my words, that's the Bible, live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. That's an incredible promise. I, I would be taking that one to the bank. If we actually pray the word of God back to him, we can be assured that we are praying not only his will, but we're praying in union with him. And mom calls this in her book, she calls this prayer aphased. Not paraphrased, but prayer aphased. And this is where you can add names and circumstances right into a prayer and pray it back to God. Throughout this series, we've been in the book of Colossians. I want to encourage you, this summer, it's a short book. It's like four chapters. Go reread this book because it's all about our union with Jesus. It's all about our connection to him. And Paul has some amazingly powerful prayers that you can just steal right out of there. He's not going to mind. And you can use those to pray back to Jesus. It's an incredibly powerful tool that we have been given. So I want to come back now to my story from the fall of 2007. Because when mom said that to me, stop begging God and start believing in him, it really did change everything for me. And that fall, I, w I went on, I, I did a whole bunch of research of all the women in the Bible who were barren, you know, Elizabeth and, and um, Sarah and Rebecca and Hannah. And I just allowed the truth of who my father was to come out of the text. And I went to the book of Psalms. If, if you're in a, in a hard season, you know, the, Psalms is a prayer book. I went to the book of Psalms and I read the book of Psalms. And one of my favorite Psalms was Psalm 119. This is from the message, barricade the road that goes nowhere. Can I get an amen? Grace me with the clear revelation, with your clear revelation. I choose the true road to somewhere. I post your road signs at every curve and corner. I grasp and cling to whatever you tell me. God, don't let me down. I'll run the course you lay out for me if you'll just show me how. This was a prayer I prayed in my journal over and over and over. And I was not perfect. I still got frustrated. I still cried. I wasn't pregnant. I, I, I still had to do some wrestling, but there was a shift in me when I stopped begging him and started believing in him. And I felt like the Holy Spirit instructed me today to, to go to my journal. And a couple of years ago, I, I, I've told this story before. This is just from Microsoft Word, and it was like not bound. And one of my friends bound it for me. And it's amazing testimony to just, again, writing down what God's doing in your life. And I want to read you a journal entry from November 28th, 2007. At this point, I'm a, I'm a sixth grade public reading, public school reading teacher, and I'm up early in the morning, and this, is, this was my prayer that day. Father, you know the cry of my heart is to become a mother. You know that I long to be healed and have your testimony written in my heart, and so I come before you, and I ask you to do a work in me. I come before you to tell you 
that you have to show me what to do next. You have to show me how to cooperate. I admit to you that I cannot. Whatever I find out today, whatever I hear, at that point I was just very triggered by hearing that people were specifically accidentally pregnant. I am trusting that you will rescue me from the despair that I have felt so many times. Father, I want the peace that passes all understanding. I want the assurance that I know that you want to give me, that you are good, that you give good gifts, that I don't have to worry about a thing. And so, Father, I give you all my cares and concerns for the day. Father, I lay them at your feet. I surrender today's worries, and I ask that you stop my brain from thinking about tomorrow's worries. I love you, Lord, and I know that you are for me, and I know that nothing is impossible for you. Well, I would not know it, but a few days later, I actually conceived our first son. And then right before Christmas, at 5.30 in the morning, I woke up Mike, who's completely blind, and asked him to read a fuzzy pregnancy test that confirmed that I was, in fact, pregnant. But what I did not know is that not only was I pregnant, but I had been completely healed of PCOS because I never... I never had another regular period. I went on to get pregnant three more times, once accidentally. You can go ahead and laugh. The irony is there. <laughs> and I never had any more problems, but I did not know it at the time. Here's the deal. Is this the story that I wanted? No, not necessarily. Was it hard? Yes. Was I tempted to beg God to try to figure out like the magic baby machine in heaven that he could like shake so that one could come down? Yes, that's human nature, but that's not actually God's best for us. You see, God doesn't give us necessarily what we want. He gives us what he, we, he knows that we need. And this is hard because a lot of times, you know who I, you know who I, I think I know what I need and when I need it. Now, there is a lot of nuance here. I just want to say we are in a cosmic battle and there is cosmic chaos. Not every prayer is going to get answered. People are going to die. People are going to get sick. And that's not God's best. But when it comes to prayer, what so often happens is we just stop praying. And the invitation today is to lean into conversation, to keep asking questions. I don't say any of these things up here to be glib or be catchy or cool or whatever. No, because there's real pain when it comes to prayer. There's real disappointment. And I believe today, actually, just specifically right now in this service, Jesus wants to deal with some of the disappointment you've had when it's come to prayer. He wants to break off some of the lies that have actually kept you from actually praying with him. Jesus is here to bring freedom today, to say, gosh, that was hard. Gosh, I'm sorry. Gosh, I see the pain. Gosh, I see the disappointment. Let me help you. Let me give you what you need today for whatever you're facing. Jesus wants to meet us with his goodness and his faithfulness. Well, I'm going to end today by talking about the Lord's Prayer. And when you came in today, you should, have, you should have received this little card and it's for you to take home because Jesus loves us so much, he actually gave us a model for prayer. And what's amazing is some of you already have this prayer memorized because it's a prayer that we often put on walls or we, we, we pray it when we're kids, right? It's a very simple prayer. It's found in Matthew 6. And tools like this, they can keep us from begging God 
and keep us firmly rooted in believing him. Because when we pray this prayer, it actually covers a lot of the bases. So I'm just going to kind of go through the six section, sections pretty briefly. But this week, I want you to try this prayer. You know what's great about this? You can do it while you're driving in a car. You can do it while you're sitting at home. You can do it in one minute. You can do it in one hour. It's a beautiful framework for how we can pray. And so the first section is simply, Our Father in heaven, may your name be honored. And during this little part of the prayer, you just say, Okay, Father, I'm going to thank you for who you are. You're going to list out the names of who God is. You are wonderful. You are counselor. We thank you for salvation. And you're going to start your place, your prayer from a place of adoration and love. You're going to say, God, this is who you are. And you're going to receive that. Okay, secondly, you're going to go down to your kingdom come. May your will be done here on earth just as it is in heaven. One of my favorite prayers, we're praying for the kingdom to break out. And here at the Vineyard, man, we are kingdom people. We are saying there is a, there is a battle going on. Jesus, your kingdom breakthrough, your healing breakthrough. And this is where you pray for your family, your neighborhood, your friends, the where you work. You pray for Champaign-Urbana, Sullivan, the area you break it down and you say, okay, Lord, may your kingdom come. May your will be done in Ty, Tate, Maggie, and Molly's life. Okay, third, you can flip it over. It says, give us our food for today. This is just where you ask for the specific needs that you need today. Like this morning, I was like, God, this voice, you got to help me, Jesus. You could also say, Father, thank you for provision. Thank you for food. Thank you for our home. Thank you for all of these different things, but you're asking him again for the specifics of what you need that day. Now, number four, forgive my sins as I forgive those who have sinned against me. This is a really important one. This is where we receive the forgiveness of Jesus. When you come into relationship with Jesus, you are forgiven past, present, and future. But we actually, sometimes we need to receive that forgiveness. We need to make wrongs right. We allow the Holy Spirit to like say, okay, God, are there any relationships right now that like I've, I've done wrong and I need to make right? This is a beautiful opportunity in this section. I love to sit, think of it this way, for Holy Spirit to convict me of my righteousness. That's not who you are, Jules. Go make that right. Okay, that's right, Father. So don't skip over that part. Number five, don't let us yield to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I've said it a lot this service. We're in a cosmic battle. This is where you are praying for the protection of God over yourself, your family, your friends. You're saying, Holy Spirit, come, protect and then last but not least, yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Just a beautiful declaration again about who Jesus is, the power that he has. You can go through this, this little model, six steps in a minute or an hour. And this is my challenge to each of us this week. Let's pray every day this week. Every day. Let, let, let's say, okay, Holy Spirit, I want to pray every day for one week. I want to ask. I want to persist. I want to know your goodness, Jesus. And I believe he wants to show us that we can stop begging him and start believing in him. So I'm going to pray. So Holy Spirit, you are good. You are faithful. And you want us to stop begging you. You want us to understand how good and big and loving that you are. And so right now, Holy Spirit, we just invite your presence more fully as we go into worship, God, we just thank you, God, that actually worship is one of the best ways to express our prayers to you. And so I pray that as we sing these words today, Jesus, that they would be um, marked on our heart, that you would change us, God. And, and right now, I, I, there's just a heaviness over unanswered prayers. There's a heaviness 
just over broken prayer lives. And God, we give all of that to you. And I just thank you that you are a good surgeon. And I just, I just expect him to do some work today during, during worship. And so we welcome you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Life Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.